slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today as we talk all things New York Islanders. Great time to be an Islanders fan, and uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, start looking ahead to the upcoming rematch series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the very team that eliminated the New York Islanders in the conference final a year ago. We'll break that down. We'll put a little cherry on the Sunday as far as the Bruins series is concerned, and we have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m., unless the Islanders are playing a game at that time, to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So, a magic moment last night at the Nassau Coliseum, and just an electric moment, really, at the Nassau Coliseum. Got to give the fans a lot of credit. We're going to break down that Bruins series, and we're going to talk about one of the things that, may, in my mind, makes the New York Islanders such a, a easy team to root for, uh, and what is one of the secrets to their success, and we'll see whether or not it pays off against the Tampa Bay Lightning we will discuss that. We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more to talk about on today's show. If there's something Islanders-related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, maybe uh, a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also... Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Let's uh, discuss, first of all, the atmosphere at the Nassau Coliseum on uh, Wednesday night absolutely magical and it really you know it started before the game even started at the end of game five the islanders uh you know win the game they were outplayed for large portions of it but they persevere they find a way to win and bruce cassidy the bruins coach starts jockeying uh makes the off-handed remark that i'm sure he now kind of regrets uh you know, the referees are treating them like they're the New York Saints, not the New York Islanders. And, you know, we play a similar style. Why are we not getting the calls that they're getting? Blah, 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 blah. First of all, the Islander fans in the Twitterverse embracing the Saints logo. I have seen everything from New York fighting Saints uh, 
sweatshirts and t-shirts for sale on Twitter to, uh, you know, Islander fans saying, let's go Saints, people changing their Twitter handles to include the Saints with the Islanders. Just a great reaction from Islander fans embracing that ridiculous moniker given to them by Bruce Cassidy. And again, even before fans got into the building, if you were near the Nassau Coliseum at some point Wednesday afternoon into the evening, the tailgating, the absolute celebration going on in and around the building as the Islanders uh, got closer and closer to the opening face-off with the Bruins, and then the singing of the National Anthem, where uh, Nikki Revive basically starts to sing the first verse or so, you know, first few lines of the National Anthem, and then just puts the mic out and lets the crowd finish the song. It was just a moving moment and a beautiful moment. And that's all before the game even started. Once the game started, the crowd was absolutely rocking, and they didn't stop rocking. And I think that was uh, part of the uh, highlight of it. It was just how loud the crowd gets. And we have talked so often on this show throughout the season and last season how the New York Islanders don't tend to get a lot of respect from national media. Well, I'll say this. Right now, Islander fans, Islander fans are getting respect from national media and international media, even up in Canada. And Bruins fans who are proud, who who are known as passionate and very loud and very, you know, good fans one of the better fan bases in the NHL. Bruins fans were basically admitting on social media over the last few days how, you know, 12,000 Islander fans at the Nassau Coliseum were louder over the course of their three games at home than the 14 or 15,000 Bruins fans that were at their home arena were in Boston. So, a lot of respect, and got to give credit to the fan base. Islander fans, you know, there may not be as many Islander fans as there are Bruins fans, or Flyers fans, or Canadians fans, or even maybe Rangers fans, but for passion, for quality, for fans who know how to rock a building, I don't know too many places that can compete with what the Nassau Coliseum is during a playoff game. And it's been that way for a long time. The atmosphere at the Coliseum always been special, and it certainly will be missed. You know, I'm looking forward to UBS Arena, a new place, state-of-the-art, etc., etc., all the amenities. But the old barn, to me, is where I learned to love hockey. And very much, very, very much looking forward to, uh, you know, enjoying these last few games at the Old Barn, whether it's two, three, six, seven, however many games are left, uh, really going to treasure that because the atmosphere at the Coliseum is second to none. And I remember 
you know, for my book, Ice Wars, I interviewed Glenn Healy, and Heels played for both the Islanders and the Rangers. Came to the Islanders first after, I believe he was with the LA Kings before that. And he said at his first uh, Islanders home game against the Rangers, how when they were preparing to come out for the pregame skate in the locker room at the Nassau Coliseum, he could feel the wall shaking and the rumbling and, and the noise coming from the arena. And he asked one of his teammates, what, what, what's going on? What is that? And the guy said, told him, hey, it's just the New York Rangers. They're here. And that's what this building is like. Well, for the playoffs, uh, Nassau Coliseum, second to none. And Islander fans, pat yourselves on the back because you really did help make last game against the Bruins, that clincher, a magical, special moment at the Nassau Coliseum. And there have been many of them, which we will be discussing uh, in the offseason, which hopefully won't be for a quite a while. So we'll we'll talk about that later on over the summer. We've got a lot more to discuss. We're going to start to look ahead at the matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll put a bow on the Bruins series. We have our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There are no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. That's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL to get started today. So I wanted to just put a little bow on this Bruins series and the way the Islanders beat the Bruins. And to me, one of the differences between the two teams that I think really did end up paying off, and it's one of the reasons that I think the Islanders are such an easy team to root for. You go up and down this roster, and the Islanders do not have a superstar on this team. And you could say, yeah, Matt Barzal, and maybe he's the closest they have to a top, you know, superstar or star player. But, you know, if you were to ask the typical NHL fan, even a passionate NHL fan, to name the 10 best players in the league, Unless they're a diehard Islander fan, I don't think they're mentioning Matthew Barzal. Maybe top 20, maybe top 30, but not yet anyway, top 10. You know, you you see this past week all the major awards, you know, the postseason awards, the, uh, you know, the, the Calder Trophy and the Vesna Trophy and the uh, Selkie Award for Best Defensive Forward, all, all the different awards that are out there, the Norris Trophy for the Best Defenseman, 
all the finalists are being named. You know how many Islanders have been, you know, named as finalists for these awards? That would be zero. How many Islanders were in the NHL's top 20 in scoring this year? Zero. If you were to name the top five goalies in the league, would Simeon Varlamov and or Ilya Sorokin make most people's poll? Probably not. But this is a balanced team. And the Bruins relied on their top line, Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. But the Islanders, they rely on all 20 guys who are dressed for any given game. They rely on four lines working hard, playing their role, and getting the job done. You cannot turn to... If you're a a coach going up against the New York Islanders, you can't say, hey, if we shut down Matthew Barzal's line with Jordan Eberle and Leo Komarov, we'll beat the Islanders for sure. No. You can't say, hey, if we shut down the B&B line, Bavillier, Nelson and uh, Bailey, we're going to beat the Islanders. No, no, not going to happen. The Islanders do not have superstar players, but they've got a lot, a deep roster of really good, hardworking players who are willing to make sacrifices for the good of the team. And let's start with this, Matthew Barzal. You go back and look at his career numbers. Barzi was, his best statistical season was his rookie year, when he was the number two center behind John Tavares, and the Islanders were playing a more wide-open style of hockey. And, you know, he put up more than a point a game that year, won the Calder Trophy as the league's top rookie, and deserved it, but... After Barry Trotz came in, Matthew Barzal was faced with a choice. Either you adjust and play the type of game that Barry Trotz wants you to play, which means going back and back-checking and being responsible in your own zone and picking up your man and, and playing a more physical style, or you know he could have demanded to be traded or he just could have kept playing the way he did and would have ended up getting traded or benched or in the doghouse anyway. That's not what Matt Barzal did. He played the Barry Trotz style. And he is sacrificing his own personal statistics in exchange for winning hockey games. And possibly now, uh, you know, the Islanders are going to be one of the four teams still in the running to win the 2021 Stanley Cup. Guys like Eberle and guys like Nelson and Anders Lee, all of them could easily put up bigger numbers if they played a different style of hockey. And that might make them a few extra dollars come contract time. But you know what? They understand what's asked of them They work hard, and they get the job done. Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, one of the best defensive pairings in the league. But if you were to ask the casual fan, name the best defenseman in the NHL, you go in even top 10. I don't know how many 
fans would put either Pelek or Pulak in that list. They're not going to get many votes for the Norris Trophy. They don't put up big offensive numbers relative to some of the other defensemen out there. They're not flashy. They aren't even like Scott Stevens types where they're making these big open ice hits that grab a lot of attention. Uh, and they're not putting up points like a, a Latang uh, tends to do. No, that's not what they do. They go out and work hard and play within the system and do their jobs and do it efficiently. You know, so many people, oh, the Islanders, they're boring. They don't score very much. They don't do... Guess what? The Islanders are at or near the top of the NHL in postseason goals scored right now. Because of the way they play, they are opportunistic, hardworking, forecheck you into submission, and they force you with the forecheck to make mistakes, and then they capitalize on them. And they may not score a lot of highlight real goals in the playoffs, and they may not play the most exciting, and I'll put that in air quotes for sure, style of hockey. But you know what? They get the job done. Taylor Hall in the Bruins series came into that series red hot, had a great regular season, played very well in the playoff series for Boston against Washington. You know what he did in the Islanders series? Six games, one goal. He had just as many fights in that series as goals, and that's because the Islanders shut him down and made the Boston Bruins a one-dimensional team, a one-line team. They real Realistically, if you take away the top power play unit and the perfection line, the Bruins were stifled by the Islanders in this series because the rest of the Bruins' offense did not make major contributions. And the Islanders got goals from J.G. Pajot and Kyle Palmieri and Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey and Eberle and Barzal and even Sezikis and Clutterbuck and Martin. You know, everybody had a time where they came through. And that depth, that hard work ethic, and that overall lineup depth makes up for the fact that the Islanders do not have that big, flashy, marquee player that gets a lot of attention. But boy, oh boy, when you face the New York Islanders, you know you're in for a battle. And that's what makes the New York Islanders one of the most difficult teams to play against. When we come back, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day. We'll start to look ahead to the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is going to be a heck of a series. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited-time flavors? And if you like one of those limited-time flavors, get them while they last because they usually sell out quickly. Here are some of the great flavors that are permanent. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and my personal favorite, salted caramel. And if you haven't tried them all, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors in your box so you can make up your own mind. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and only four grams of of net carbs. So they're not only the best tasting protein bar, but they are good for you. 
Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, this one is a a, a good one. Uh, A very happy and healthy 52nd birthday to former Islanders defenseman Matthew Schneider, a native of New York City. Schneider drafted in the third round by the Montreal Canadiens back in 1987, made his NHL debut during the 1989-90 season with the Habs, and stayed with Montreal until the 94-95 season, came over late in the year to the Islanders and played with them for all of 90, uh, the rest of 94-95 and all of 1995-96. Later played for the Maple Leafs, Rangers, Kings, Red Wings, Ducks, Thrashers, back to the Canadians, the Canucks, and the Coyotes. His NHL career spanned 1,289 games, 223 goals, 743 points, and 1,245 penalty minutes. He also played in 114 NHL postseason games and did win a Stanley Cup with the 1993 Canadiens. That's the last Montreal team and the last Canadian-based team to win a Stanley Cup. Schneider was good on the power play, good with the puck, and very solid offensive defenseman who also played well in his own zone. We're going to look at one of his better games with the Islanders, January 6, 1996, at the Nassau Coliseum. The Ottawa Senators are in town. They go with Mike Bales in goal, Tommy Soderstrom, the Islanders' netminder. And Ottawa got on the board first. Rob Goudreau got them on the board. Uh, five minutes, 41 seconds into the game. And then Ted Drury got an unassisted goal a little less than six minutes later. It was 2-0 Ottawa, and things were not looking up for the Isles. But uh, a little more than a minute and a half after the second Ottawa goal, Marty McGinnis got the Isles on the board. His fourth from Matthew Schneider, our Islanders' birthday of the day, and Scott Lachance. And then at 16:04, Ziggy Palfi tied it. His 13th of the year, Travis Green with the helper. After one period, we were all even at two. In the second period, the Islanders took the lead. Nicholas Anderson got his second from Brian McCabe and Todd Bertuzzi at 11:18. And then in the final minute of the period, Matthew Schneider, our Islanders' birthday of the day, scored his third of the year. Pat Flatley, the lone assist at 19:37. After 40 minutes, the Islanders held a 4-2 lead. In the third, Daniel Alfredson got Ottawa to within one at 4-3 with future Islander Alexi Yashin and Yaroslav Modri on the helpers. But Travis Green got the Islander lead back to two goals. His 14th from Palfi and Wendell Clark. A last-minute goal by Steve Duchesne got a closer, but the final score, the New York Islanders 5 and the Ottawa Senators 4. As far as our Islanders' birthday of the day, Matthew Schneider... One goal, one assist, a plus two, and he had three shots on goal in this game. Tommy Soderstrom, 20 saves to earn the win for the Islanders. And at the end of the day, uh, a strong overall performance 
by Matthew Schneider. Schneider is our Islanders birthday of the day, and again, a happy 52nd birthday. The actual birthday is on Saturday, so we're a day early, uh, and we wish him all the best. Looking ahead at the Ottawa Senators, you look at two players, the top two point getters for the Ottawa Senators in the postseason, both were not on the regular season roster due to injury, and that is Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos. Kucherov has five goals and 18 points, so 13 assists, nine of his assists have come with the man advantage, so he is very, very effective on the power play. Meanwhile, Stamkos, five goals, 13 points. That puts him second on the team. And then you have, you know, the usual cast of characters that you always have to be aware of. Braden Point has eight goals. That leads the team. He has 12 points. Alex Kalorn, six goals, six assists. And then Victor Hedman, uh, he has 11 assists in 11 games. Those are the top five point getters for the Tampa Bay Lightning through the first two rounds of the playoffs. Obviously, Andre Vasilevsky, a great goaltender. He is uh, playing very well during the playoffs as well. A 2-2-4 goals against average and a 9-34 save percentage. And Vasilevsky keeps the Lightning in every game, and it'll be up to the Islanders to try to figure out a way to slow down uh, the top scorers on Tampa Bay and then solve Vasilevsky. He was tough in the playoffs last year, and I expect him to continue to be tough this year. Look, you heard after the playoffs last year, and even after they won the Stanley Cup, members of the Tampa Bay Lightning explaining that the Islanders gave them more of a fight than any other team they faced in the playoffs. They're going to be ready to battle again, and hopefully this year the Islanders can find a way to change the outcome. We will further preview and discuss this series in our next show and break down every conceivable angle and and way to look at it. They haven't released the schedule yet as of the time I'm recording today's show, so As soon as they release it, we'll get it to you on Twitter, and we will update you on that. It's going to be a great series, and it is going to be something that the Islanders have a chance to win, because one thing you can't do is count this team out. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.